0: But now look in verse 21. Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. God is able to change these vile bodies. But that's something that you and I don't have to do anything about. It doesn't depend upon us doing anything. I don't have to ask him to do it. Because there's some things that God said, now this is on me. That's on him. When the rapture takes place, is that on me or on him? That's on him. He's going to change me in a moment, the twinkling of an eye, and we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And that's not on you. has nothing to do with you. That's what he's going to do. Now, he's able to do all of that without our help. But there are some things that God says, I am able to do this and this and this and this and this, but it depends upon what do you want. Asked. Now, there's a verse somewhere in the Bible that talks about, you know, Uh, You ask and receive not because uh, you ask amiss for your own lust, and so sometimes you don't get what you ask for. But I just like to ask the Lord for everything. If I think of it and I want it, I ask. If I don't get it, it won't be because I didn't ask. Now, some things I'm not in fervent prayer over, but there are some things, if you know what God's Word says that He is able to do, bring it to the Lord. Learn to walk with Him and talk to Him and enjoy your Christian life. Cast all of your cares upon him, because he is able to take care of it. He can do it. He says he could. And if he says it, I believe it. Look at the next scripture. Now, you don't have to turn back to the Old Testament, because I think that I can just read the notes here. Now, you know there's these uh, three young fellows. Uh, They were maybe teenagers. And um, anyway, they were supposed to bow down and so forth, not call upon any other God and so on, you know. And when they heard the music, but um, if you don't, you're going to get cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Well, they got told on. So they didn't, they didn't bow. So next thing you know, they're, they're having to face the king. And he says, you bow, everything will be fine. He said, our God is able to deliver us. But if not. Now, we know God is able, but He may have a higher purpose. And at that time, trusting without knowing the outcome. So, after that verse in your notes, write down this little statement, trusting without knowing the outcome. Because isn't it true that those young Hebrew children trusted without knowing the outcome? God does not have to tell you how everything is going to end up what he's going to do or not do, it. it doesn't matter. Trust the Lord anyway. And the older you get, you still got to keep trusting the Lord. It doesn't stop. It never stops. You're always having to trust the Lord. But it says, if it be so, O God, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. They knew that, they believed that, and they trust the Lord to do whatever God wanted to do. Now, sometimes God has a higher purpose, and He doesn't always heal. He doesn't always answer your prayers because God has something else He's working in your life. But even in those times, in those moments, you trust the Lord. Trust Him. So that is so important. Now take your Bible and turn to the book of Acts, chapter 20. The book of Acts. The book of Acts, and chapter 20. Every one of these, just about, God's ability does not always override the will of man. What God is able to do in many cases depends upon what you're willing to trust Him to do and believe Him for. And so sometimes we make the right decisions. Sometimes we don't. But God has given us so much freedom within the boundary. The limits of that boundary is called the the will of God. And anything within this boundary is the will of God. And you can make a million decisions, and they're not all wrong. But make the best when you can that doesn't lie outside the will of God. So learn the boundaries of God's will, and it'll help you tremendously. But here in the book of Acts, in chapter 20, the Apostle Paul had gone to this place, Ephesus, and he had met with the elders, and um, he had led a lot of them to the Lord establish a church. And then he uh, says some things that I wanted to share with you here. Look in verse 19. Acts chapter 20 and verse 19. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind. Now remember this. person asked me this just the other day about humility. Humility is not so much the position of the body as the position of the mind. Are you dependent upon Him? Are you submissive to His will? You see, humility is a person dependent on God. That means if you don't, it's because of pride. If you don't have pride, you don't mind submitting to the will of God. Pride will keep you from doing that. That's why God hates pride. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the line and weight of the Jews. In other words, what Paul did wasn't always the easiest thing in the world to do. There were obstacles. There were people who wanted to kill him. And he says, I did all of that and there were temptations. And so he says in verse 20, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and from taught you publicly and from house to house. We used to call this Acts 2020. 20. Everybody needs 2020 20 vision. Acts 2020 20 is a good verse to give you a good vision. And so he preached and he was warned that if you go to Jerusalem Trouble awaits you. And he knew that trouble was going to await him. So he told them, he says, you may never see my face again. And so he says there in verse 23, he was told that the Holy Spirit witnessed in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. So he knew what he was getting into. But he knew that God was able to deliver him. He knew that God had promised that he was going to witness before kings. And so he was willing to, whatever it was, Go through it. And sometimes we think maybe Paul was just a little on the verge of um, being hard-headed. Maybe he was just very strong-willed. You ever have a strong-willed child? Did you marry a strong-willed husband? Strong-willed wife? Oh, they don't even exist. There's no such thing, people like that. But now notice what he says in verse 24. But none of these things, none of these things, you know, the tribulations, all the tears that he shed, all the problems and being a and bonds and afflictions that are abiding. They said, none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. And look why. That I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. In other words, he was all about the gospel. And he says, and I count not my life dear unto myself. And he says, I have a desire to depart, to be with Christ, which is far better But it's uh, better for you that I stay here, more needful. So this is what he went through, and this is what he did. So even though God was able to do all these wonderful things for me, he says, now when I leave, he says, grievous wolves are going to come in, and there will be people inside, and there will be people on the outside. And if they can't infiltrate, they will storm the gate. One way or the other, you're going to have problems. And people will sow seeds of discord and try to ruin and destroy your life. But God is able to build you up. God can make you strong, but not against your will. So he says down here in verse 31, he says, Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone, night and day with tears. Now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Now, underline that in your Bible, which is able to build you up. The Word of God is able to build you up, but it's not automatic. Doesn't mean just because the Word of God is able to do something, it will do it. It will do it if you'll read it, and if you study it, and if you believe it, and if you apply it, it can build you up. Doesn't the Bible say somewhere, maybe in the book of Colossians, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, and being rooted and built up? Because those are decisions that you and I are supposed to make. We're the ones that decide whether well or not, will I be rooted in the Word of God? Will I be grounded? Sound words, sound doctrine, sound mind. All comes from making the right decision. Study to show yourself approved under God. Study, study. That depends upon you. If you will do what God says, God's word promises to make you able to build you up and make you strong and you can stand it. And you can be the kind of a Christian you ought to be. You cannot blame God. God is able to do that, but it depends upon are you willing to do what God says do and God's word will work. This is why so many Christians do not have power of God in their life. They don't have any power. They're so weak. Everything gets at them. Everything brings them down. Always whining and pining and moaning and groaning and always down in the dumps. So read the word of God, and this is what God's word is able to do. So he says there in verse 32, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. And this is something that you need to keep in mind. If it's able to build us up, We need to believe that. Now, there's a couple more that I want to give you here. But look there in Ephesians chapter 3. The book of Ephesians and chapter 3. Some of the body of Christ is in heaven. Some of the body of Christ is on earth. But there's a whole family. I believe that anyone, whoever they may be, anywhere in the world, if you trusted Christ as your Savior, You're part of the family of God. You are a child of God. So we're brothers and sisters in the Lord, whoever they may be. Not all of God's children go to Calvary Community Church. (laughs) I wouldn't mind it. But I believe there's a lot of churches around, and even some churches that have pastors that maybe teach contrary to what the Word of God says, but people have trusted Christ. I believe you'll find out there are going to be some saved people that are Catholic, that are Mormon, they are Jehovah's Witness, you name the religion, there'll be some people that have trusted Christ as Savior. And they may call themselves whatever. But somewhere along the line, if they ever trusted Christ because they heard the gospel, even if they never got out of their religion, but if they trust the Lord, they believed on Jesus Christ, are they saved? And they may not grow, but I would rather them get to heaven in diapers and not at all. But anyway, as we are moving right along, look at verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 3 of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. Now, it is the will of God that His children be strengthened with might in the inner man. That means your new birth, to grow strong the way God wants Remember Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. God has ordained that we should walk in good works. But that doesn't mean that everyone is going to walk in good works. It is the will of God, but not everyone who is the child of God is going to Walk the way God wants. Not every one of God's children are going to be rooted in the Scriptures and built up and to be strong in the Lord. But it's the will of God. And God is able to do that. But He says, you've got to read and study, meet together, speak the truth in love. And He says, and I have given to the church, and prophets, and apostles, and teachers, and evangelists, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, that you may grow and be strong and so forth, that you're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So this is what God wants. But you have to yield to it. You have to be willing to want that. So look what he says here. In verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, now get this, this is so important, ye being rooted and grounded in love. That's your choice. All of God's children are not rooted. They're not grounded. You may know Christ as Savior, have eternal life, you'll go to heaven when you die. But it's the will of God that we know all of these things so that we can do the things that God wants us to do. Then he says in verse 18, May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passes understanding that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is what God wants you to do. You are able to make this decision. Because this is your choice. And when you decide, I want the will of God, I want to read God's word, I want to study God's word, I want to be used by God, that's your choice. That's on your shoulders. And if you don't want it, God is not going to force you. There will be consequences. You'll wish you had them. But then he says this in verse 20. Now unto him that is, and you ought to underline this verse, this word, able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us above all that we what ask or think what can you believe God for he's able to do that and more but if you don't ask and you don't think about it don't think it's important you won't get anything you'll be a child of God that goes through life and get nothing and then one day you'll stand at the judgment seat of Christ and have to give given account of yourself to the Lord Now, God is able to do everything that He promises in His Word. But what He will do with you in your life depends upon what are you able to do. What do you want? Are you able to make that decision? God's going to hold you responsible for it. So this is a very important verse. Now, look in Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. Now, we usually love to ninth chapter because he looked upon the multitude with compassion. That means he felt their hurt in his heart. And he says that uh, they're like sheep without a shepherd and that they they need somebody to care for them. Well, there was somebody that came along and they, they cried out to the Lord. So look there in verse 28. Let's just start there in verse 27. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come unto the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. Do you believe I am able to do this? That's a good question. Jesus asked them that. And they said what? Yea, Lord. That means, yes! They believed He was able to do it. So, what they received was based upon what they were able to believe God for. So he says in verse 29, Then touched he their eyes, and said, Now, you are on the land, according to your, what? Be it unto you. According to your faith. Now, do you realize most of the things you're going to get out of your life from the Lord, the opportunities, the ministry, all that you could have is going to be according to your faith. What do you trust God for? It'll probably be in direct ratio to the caliber of your faith. Can you believe the Word of God? Can you trust what God says? Will you apply yourself and study and do these things, and God is going to bless you. Now take your Bible and turn to the book of Jude. The book of Jude... And notice what he says here in the book of Jude. Chapter 1, by the way. Jude chapter 1. If you're in chapter 2, you went too far. Now look what he says in verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up who? Who? Yourselves. You see, you're the one that decides whether or not Are you going to build yourself strong in the Lord? Years ago, (laughs) I was thinking the other day, uh, 51 years ago, I decided to go to Bible college because I wanted God to build me stronger. But I have to let God have that opportunity. I had to sit and study the Bible for four to five, six hours a day, every day for four years straight. And then for the last 50 years, I've done it again. That's a long time. But it takes years to build. Look how long it takes to raise a little child into a a thoughtful, obedient, cheerful teenager. And then most times it never works out that way, does it? You can spend 18 years raising that little kid. And then he still doesn't do what he could have done. And you had all kind of dreams and so forth about what he could accomplish and what he could be. And he just wants to do nothing. You ever seen somebody like that? No vision, no dream, no nothing. But they're able to do a lot of things, but they won't do it. And you are the same way. You're able to do so much and accomplish so much. But he says here, beloved, building up your Cells on your most your most holy your faith building up yourself on your faith. You see, as you read the word of God, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As you read the word of God, your faith begins to grow. You have confidence in God, and if you have confidence in God, you can trust God for more things. You can believe what He says is true. So He says, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves. This is something you do. This is your choice. See, some people think, well, if God wants to use me, go ahead. I'm waiting. He's not going to snap you by the back of the neck and then force you. No. These are decisions that you make. It's your responsibility. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now, we're not there yet. Only by the goodness of God does He take us home today. But He left us here because there's work to be done. God wants to use us. He wants to use you. There's a purpose. You have a pulse, you got a purpose. So He says here in verse 22, And of some have compassion, making a difference. But not everybody has compassion. Not everybody will make a difference. Some are able to, but choose not to. They can make a difference. The only reason these kids are going to camp is because they want to make a difference in somebody's life. Ain't that true? You want to make a difference in somebody's life. So he says here in verse 23, and others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire. See, lost are already lost. Lost are already on their way to hell. They're going there. You're not sending them there. They're already on their way. They just haven't died yet. So when you win a soul to Christ, you've like snatched that person out of the fire. You pulled one out of the fire. Pull one out of the fire. Why do we witness? Because we're pulling people out of the fire. Because if I don't do this and you don't do this, there are people that will burn in hell if we don't do what we're supposed to do. And we could have made a difference if we'd have had a little thing called compassion. But you see, some will, not everybody will. And God is able to do a lot of things. But we will find ourselves limiting the Holy One of God. And we will not let the Holy Spirit do what He wants to do in our life. And we resist the Holy Spirit. So he says this in verse 24. Now unto him that is, what's that word? Able to keep you from falling. Able to keep you from falling. But isn't this your choice? He's able to keep you from falling. If you'll build up yourself strong in the faith. And if you'll have compassion. And if you'll get busy trying to keep other people from going into hell. You do what God, and He can keep you from falling. If you don't, you already fell. You're not strong. because That's a choice. So look at the last line down here. He is able to keep you from falling. God's ability does not always override the will of man. Because all this that God says, He's able to do, able, 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 but it depends on what what do you want. God doesn't do it just because God wants to do something. There's things that God can do. God can save anybody, but God's only going to save those who trust Him. Well, that same thing holds true in the Christian life. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, how do you do that? By faith. Well, how do you serve the Lord? Well, by faith. So you read the Word of God and you study it. And you'd be surprised all the things that God is able to do in your life. Live with, with your confidence in God's ability. You find out what He's able to do and, hey, look, whenever you sign up for the military, some of y'all in here have served in the military, you go through boot camp. Once you sign and you take that little oath, you belong to them lock, stock, and barrel, it, and they tell you everything. It is their responsibility to feed you and clothe you, to prepare you for battle, and give you everything you need, and the ammunition, the uniforms, everything you need to fight for your country. When you serve the Lord and dedicate your life to the Lord, it's God's responsibility to take care of everything you need. Because you're in his service, therefore he says, "Endure hardness as a good what? As a good soldier, and as a good soldier, be not entangled with the affairs of this life, that you may please him who hath called you to be a soldier." You're in the military. You didn't know that. Some of you are going through boot camp. Boot camp's not always the best fun. It is so neat when you get out of boot camp, but. Um, I think you get the gist of what I'm talking about. So look at the top line. What is God able to do for me? I think you need to read this uh, maybe every once a year and kind of refresh your mind. It'll help you some. God is able to save anybody who listens to the gospel on the internet. We had someone trust the Lord this morning, 1148. That was when I was closing down giving the gospel right there at the end. But now if they don't trust Christ as Savior, but is God able to save them? But if they don't trust Him, they won't get saved. And there's a lot of things God's promised you and I. But if we don't trust Him, you're not going to get it. You'll get in life what you can do. You trust the Lord, then you can get what God can do. Which you'd rather have. This sin represents you and me. The wall represents sin. We all have sin on us. Now, God, He loves us. Now, He hates our sin, but He loves us. And for us to pay for sin is eternal separation from God. The wages of sin is death. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. To go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God, and none of us are perfect. We've all sinned, come short of God's perfection. We cannot save ourselves. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord, God in the flesh. He has no sin, doesn't have to die. He came into the world because He loved us. He hates our sin because it separates us from Him. So Jesus Christ took all the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead, said that if we would believe He did it for us, that he would give us as a free gift, everlasting life. And we can know that we're going to heaven when we die because it's free. It's a gift. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed, eyes nice closed, and no one looking around. If you're here in the auditorium tonight or if you're watching by internet, I'm not asking you to do anything as far as coming forward, standing up, signing a card, but right where you are. Would you trust Christ as your Savior? And if you will, God said He would save you. He's able to save you, but if you don't trust Him, He won't. I pray that you would. And if you right now will trust Christ as your Savior and you're watching by Internet, just hit the receiver that says, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior. We'd like to know. It means a lot to us. You're precious to us. God loves you, and so do we. If you're in the auditorium you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you trust him right now? And if you trust him, I'd like to have prayer for you. Is anyone at all? Just slip your hand up very quickly, put it right back down. Our Father, we thank you again for your blessings. We know that you're able to do so much above all that we ask or think. But help us, Lord, to walk with you and to trust you. We're your children. We need to learn that we can cast everything upon you and that you care for us. So bless each one. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.